welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey, yo, folks, I'm your host, the Conzie with the most, and I am joined today by... Hey, it's Justin, the Meeple's Champion. It's Matt, the Ghostwalker. And I'm Suzanne. And this is episode 105 of the Wisco Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast. Yahoo! Today is February 8th, 2023, and on today's episode, we'll cover Justin and Conzie's adventures and recap from their recent trip to the Wisconsin Northwoods for a little thing they call Cabin Con. We'll also catch up on our tabletop gaming news. But first, let's roll right into what games we've been playing. All right. So one of the games we've been playing lately is Azul. Uh, it is produced by Next Move Games. It has a playtime of roughly 30 to 60 minutes. Supports two to four players. And uh, I think all of us have played it at least some point in the recent times. Uh, one really quick note for you guys, though, before we jump into this is on our new YouTube channel, we have reviewed this game as part of our first 3 and 15 gaming series. 3 and 15 is three board game reviews in a quick 15 minutes. Make sure you check that out on YouTube. And while you're there, don't forget to like and subscribe. So just a real quick recap, because you can obviously check out our review on uh, YouTube, is Azul takes basically a tile drafting game. Very colorful tiles. You are in charge of basically making this mural. So everybody gets to draft tiles and uh, put them in these uh, locations. And basically you score points based on how good you are at getting those tiles where they need to be, lining them up and looking at columns and rows. So as with all these games, who wins? But the player scores the most points. Uh, one of the things I will say I really like about this, this is a game that has a lot of different versions. So if you have a sort of a favorite flavor, you could definitely go find one. They have like a chocolate version, stained glass. I think they just came out with the, what was it called? Like Queen's Garden, I think is one that just came out. So there's definitely different patterns. So if there's a specific style you like, you could absolutely find another one, but they're all functionally very similar. Um, you know, I'm particularly fond of the base game, uh, you know, myself. Uh, but one of the things I do like about this game too is the components are nice. The tiles have a good feel to them. They're very colorful. Um, and, you know, the standard board has this built-in point tracker. And, you know, basically, I think it's a great intro game. You can get people into real quick. Uh, you can teach this to somebody in five minutes or less. So. Uh, any other comments, people, thoughts on Azul? I'm just going to add that this game has high replayability for me. We've played it, I don't know how many tens, hundreds of times I've played this since we got it. So if you want a game that you can play over and over, it's a great game for that. And then, you know, I know Konzi has, you know, some great stories about how he got into this game on the YouTube video. So if you want to hear Konzi's stories about Azul, go check that out for it so justin do you have anything with azul i haven't <laughs> played it enough to really have opinions unfortunately <laughs> well you definitely showed your kids are the perfect age to have fun with this game so really a game for all ages you get them the chocolate version it'll be great 
Oh, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, just they can't eat the candies because they're plastic. So. I mean, you could play it with chocolate candies. <laughs> that'll get, that'll get them. I'll bribe them. Gets all. I'll bribe them into it. And yeah. then you'll have chocolate all smushed on the board. <laughs> winner, um, winner actually gets the candy supply. Yeah. There, there you go. So let's move on to uh, the game two. Conzi, what was another game that we've been playing a lot? So Ultimate Railroads from Z-Man Games just was released this fall to the U.S. market. Ultimate Railroads is a reprinting of the classic game Russian Railroads, which also included all of the expansions and a little bit of a retooling and re-implementation of the core Russian Railroads and existing uh, expansion games, as well as it added an additional expansion, Asian Railroads. Now, in the classic Russian Railroads game, or in, in and in basically the core part of all of these Ultimate Railroads expansions, is that this is a worker placement game where you're going to place your worker on a board, and you're going to, instead of collecting resources, you're basically moving some markers on a track. These tr- markers happen to represent railroads that your uh, organization or or corporation or, or company is is working or contracted to build, and then you can build and upgrade the tracks to better tracks, and you have to get locomotives to power those tracks, and and there are points that are scored every round, and as you as you play through the rounds from round to round, you can really feel your point scoring engine chug and chug and chug. Choo, choo until you have a ridiculous amount of points that you're scoring uh, near the end of the game. So I love, one of the things I love about this game is I really love how easy it is to teach, how approachable it is for players to come on. It's one of my favorite games to take to a convention and just teach a bunch of people uh, that are at the table. Uh, But there is so much to this game from a complexity and strategy perspective and and being able to figure out the the perfect little path to being able to score maximum points by the end of the game. So that is Ultimate Railroads. What did what do you guys think of Ultimate Railroads that you've played it or if you haven't gotten a chance to play the new version of Ultimate Railroads, maybe you know, if you've played the the older Russian Railroads, what did you guys think of it? I had a great time playing this at CabinCon actually. I think it is worth mentioning that we played with a friend of ours, Ian and Ian racked up like nearly. What do you know? His actual score it was it was close to six hundred. I was feel like five. Yeah, it's like five hundred and some odd points. But we did we, that game was base Russian railroads with the yeah. shared factory board, and somehow, yeah, he just unlocked that shared factory board <laughs> in a way that was absolutely brilliant. I think yeah. it may have helped that he's played, I think, a game on it and uh, with the shared factory board. Although I think he was playing Asian railroads with you at that time. So he, he understood mm-hmm. that board probably a little bit better than the two of us and really was able to capitalize on it more. But yeah, it's yeah definitely he, not a mistake <laughs> I will make the next time I include that particular board. He he gave us an absolute spanking in that game. So if you're listening to me, good job, man. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was impressive. Nope. But it, that is exactly the kind of this way this game works. It's it's a it's so much of a how do I unlock that puzzle of point scoring? And yeah, he he did an yeah. exceptional job in that game. 
Well, well, you introduced me the, to this at one of your game nights, Ben, I think. And uh, I will second that it was very easy to teach. Um, I picked it up right away. I, I mean, I, I, I'm I, 99% sure I didn't win the game, but I didn't feel like, um, you know, it was a runaway. It was, it was definitely something that was approachable. And I felt like I learned a lot in the first game playthrough, but I do agree with that. There's a lot of strategy to like that adds to that replayability of this particular game where like trying to figure out that point salad or, Oh, I could take a totally different approach and maybe score an extra. And, and, and like, it's not ridiculous to say a couple hundred points, you know, just by doing something a little different. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun. I would definitely play it again. So. So I'll add that replayability for this game is really fun for me because I don't win. I'm playing against people like Conzie and Ian and Justin that have played this, I feel like, you know, 10 times to my one every time. So I just pick a new strategy every time and see what happens. So that's just fun for me. It's like following a different path, you know, a different trail in the forest. But what's really neat with Ultimate Railroads has nothing to do with the actual gameplay. The box has got an organizer in it, and it might be a cardboard organizer you put together, but it made me very happy to have everything in its nice little spots that you can just lift out. So I ultimate railroads for the organizer that comes with it. Yeah, I, I will say, yep, that is one of my wife's favorite things. She's got to have an organizer. And, and so, yeah, if you're a game publisher and you want to sell a game to my wife, make sure you include an organizer because she's more likely to buy it just for the enjoyability of being able to put everything in its little own little spot. Yes, and less plastic baggies then. <laughs> there is something to be said about that, not having to have nearly as many plastic baggies you have to dump out and then put everything back in the baggies when you're done playing the game. So that is, though, Ultimate Railroads from Z-Man Games. Go check it out now. And check out wiscodice.com for links to all the games we've discussed. While you're at it, don't forget to leave a review of this podcast wherever you download podcasts from. Why don't we go ahead and roll on into the news? All right. Wiscodice News is what everyone's coming to the podcast for, I'm sure. <laughs> this is super exciting this month. We've got had a lot going on in this last month, and there's a lot more coming up. So as you may have heard earlier, Matt mentioned that we lost, lost, lost? How about we launched our YouTube channel? We've had several videos that have launched on it, and we're adding new content weekly. So please, after you finish this podcast, head on over to YouTube, search for Wisco Dice, check out the channel, subscribe like the videos and let us know what you want to see next on that channel. Let's say, since this is an audio podcast, you can just pop open a browser right now, go to youtube.com, subscribe, and, and then make sure when you watch our videos later that you give them a like. Very true. I suppose you can multitask if you want. <laughs> Another things we want to remind you of the next Wisco Dice board game night at Misty Mountain Games will be on February 24th. Uh, we've seen some pretty steady growth on this. It's been great to see some new people and new faces and repeats. Uh, it's great to meet these new people, see them come back. So games typically start at 6 p.m. And we do welcome all, all comers. So if you're a very experienced gamer and you're looking to get in a super crunchy game, 
there will probably be somebody there to handle something like that. If you want to, you're relatively new and you just want to try out something new, give it a shot. Stop out at Misty Mountain Games. So you can either play a game from the Whisker Dice Tabletop Gaming Library or bring your own. We'd love to see you there either way. In other news, Gen Con badges are for sale now. You should expect to see some members of the Whisker Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast at Gen Con. We would love to meet some of you, and we will have some swag to give out, some sweet merch. Feel free to catch us at the show and say hello. We would love to meet you. Get your badges, get your hotels booked, and get into Gen Con. We want to meet you and play games with you if we can. In the meantime, if Gen Con is too far out for you, we've got Adepticon coming right around the corner at March 26th through the 26th. Uh, 22nd through the 26th. Myself and Stark will be at the show playing Batman and also hanging out. So if you have a chance, stop on by, give a you know, give us a quick meet. You know, hey, the opportunity might be in our schedules so that you can catch even a game with us. So we'd love that. Moving on, we've got a couple crowdfunding projects to talk about today. Um, but first, I'll say that Kickstart Monday is back. <laughs> Go ahead and check out our blog every Monday to read about new and different kickstarting projects that have caught our eye that week. But for the news today, I want to talk about a game uh, that's on GameFound, which is called Stratera. Um, in Stratera, you're going to become a leader of a nation or a powerful god, and you will fight for territory, balance your believers, gather souls, and experience all of Stratera's stories. There are four different factions that play uh, asymmetrically and different stories that also play asymmetrically, so there's sort of a double asymmetric aspect to this game, uh, which is interesting. And it also has a kind of centerpiece of a functioning set of scales that you're going to use to weigh meeples or their souls out uh, in certain parts of the game. The campaign is going to be live through March 2nd of this year. So if any of that sounds interesting, head over to GameFound, check it out. And our uh, second game is the Kickstarter for a game called Stone Saga. Stone Saga is a cooperative campaign game in a historic set in a prehistoric setting. Uh, it promises a 30-hour replayable campaign, and it also calls itself a survival crafting game there is a unique crafting mechanic in this game where you can get like raw materials like stone and sticks and then process them to upgrade them like maybe taking a regular stone and sharpening into a, a flint or something like that and then you can combine those two materials into uh, another item you'll kind of generate a little code for the items you're trying to combine and then you look that up in a crafting guide and hey you made a stone spear or something like that so it sounds like there's kind of a exploratory aspect to the crafting like you might find in some video games. So that's kind of cool. I like that idea. It has a uh, hex tile exploration system. And I'll also say that the design and art really stand out for this game. It looks beautiful. So I'm, I'm going to be keeping my eye on it. But the campaign ends on February 28th. So you want to hit the Kickstarter page for that before then. And with that, we'll go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, Justin and I will talk about this myth, this legend, this thing that's called Cabin Con. Hey folks, this is the Conzi of the Most. 
I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about Misty Mountain Games here in Madison, Wisconsin, where you can find CCGs, RPGs, board games, minis, paint and hobby supplies for your all of your tabletop gaming experience and needs. If you can't find it online, give them a phone call or swing on by their brick and mortar store uh, here on the east side of Madison. Don't worry, that is MistyMountainGames.com. Check them out today. All right, and we're back. All right, Justin, are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right, so this is CabinCon 2023, 10 years of this mystic thing that we've been doing. So what is CabinCon, Justin? What is CabinCon? That's a good question. CabinCon is a multi-day gaming event that uh, one of our mutual friends has been hosting for well 10 years now this was the 10th cabin con and what it is is it's four days of all day board gaming with a bunch of awesome dudes our friend set this up 10 years ago with just a small group of people who like playing board games together and they kind of said wouldn't it be cool to like go rent a cabin and play board games the whole time and everyone said yeah and so they did it <laughs> and it's been an awesome tradition since then group of people who get together has expanded greatly. I think we're up to maybe 25 invitees at this point. And it's just a really special annual event that we've been going to where we just get to have a powerhouse weekend of, of board gaming. Yeah, I think that covers most of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen a lot of other board game groups organize or do very similar things or even call this Cabin Con. So I don't know if if part of the inspiration maybe back in the day was somebody yeah. heard somebody else talking about this on a podcast somewhere. But either way, we've been doing this thing for 10 years, which is pretty remarkable that we've been doing anything for 10 years straight that's being able to continually be maintained. But uh, this year was... Uh, a little special uh, with, you know, a bunch of extra little awards and pins and ceremony and pomp to it. And actually, I think this was uh, potentially one of the, you know, I, th I guess we started a couple of years back or whatever, including the Wednesday nights as well. So, I mean, it's, it's grown. It's now, now about a half a day longer. And uh, uh, that's a lot of gaming and eating and drinking and all of that in one yeah. big weekend. So most important part of that, though, is the gaming. So we wanted to talk about just a few of the games that really we we felt we had a, a really special experience with at the table this time, uh, this year at Cabin Con. So I'm going to kick it off with a game that I had zero and I mean zero interest really in playing and I thought was going to be entirely a gimmick <laughs> game. Instead, when I was asked if I wanted to play it and I, and I hadn't had a chance to play with uh, the person who brought this game, so I, I, I'm like, okay. And, and I did say, this is a game that if I'm going to sit on podcasts or if I'm going to be on YouTube... I have to at some point play. So okay, I'll play this game. And that game, there was a lot of lot of build up for this. I'll, this game is Return to Dark Tower from Restoration Games. Was I blown away with how much fun I was having with this game? I I kind of 
immediately once I committed to and I sat down at the table, put myself in the, okay, I'm going to have fun mindset. Now I'm going to try to make sure everybody else has fun. And so I started kind of role-playing my little brute, big brute, brutish barbarian dude with an axe and a shield or two axes or whatever he had. And I was running around the board just killing monsters <laughs> left and right. And I was... You know, there's this aspect where you're supposed to like clear the skulls and put the skulls back in the tower. And I'm like, nah, the heck with that. I'm just running around and killing all <laughs> the monsters. And then I'd be like, okay, I killed a big spider. I killed the second big spider. Where's a bigger monster? And, oh, there's a dragon. I'm taking the dragon on while the rest of the table was telling me, no, no. <laughs> and then I would kill the dragon and I'd be like, ha, ah, look at me now. And so it was a it was a lot of fun. We ended up losing the scenario because we did play cooperatively against the scenario, and we did lose against the scenario. And I was a uh, it would have been really nice because I had one card to go on the on the final boss to see if we could defeat him. And I and everybody at the table said, "Oh, back off, back off." And we did have about another probably two turns per player yet in the game. So it was like, okay, I'll I'll back off here because I because it could have easily been my defeat, and if any player was defeated, then we lose. Okay. So I did back off, and then like through a series of ridiculously bad luck, he like moved to one of the other players' zones, destroyed like a town or something like that, and we <laughs> lost oh, anyways. So. It would have been really nice to see, you know, I, I wish there was a back function in the app that runs this thing that would have let us go back to at least to be able to see. I don't care. I, I get it that we lost and I'm okay with losing, but I would love to have been able to see what that one card was to see if it was something I could gotcha, have overcome. Yeah. But that, that was Return to Dark Tower from Restoration Games. And I, I gotta say, like, my attitude has totally changed and I want to just go play this game again. Like, I was seriously after after we got back looking for <laughs> copies of this and seeing if I could find a copy, not only a, a copy of the game like the with the full Kickstarter bling, but he had the the special mat, the replacement for the game board that was really nice and high quality, and I thought looked really sharp on the table. So yeah, yeah, it was I, obviously I am I've got a little a little jazz, I'm a little <laughs> jazzed up for this one. It's 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 a it was really a lot of fun. I really was not expecting nice. that. Yeah, that's the one that has that like foot tall electronic tower that somehow interacts with the app, right? Yep, yep. So the the app is talking to talking to the tower all the time, and it's making noises <laughs> and whatnot. And then at the end of every turn, you have to drop a skull mm -hmm. in it. And sometimes it'll spit that it'll spit a skull out. Sometimes it'll spin lot spit lots of skulls out. Sometimes it'll decide that it just wants to go for a spin. Sometimes you're pulling doors off of it. It's just all sorts of like you definitely are interacting with the dark tower all of the time during the game, and it's and it's always like that moment you're going to put that skull in your in, into it when you're ending your turn. You're like, okay, please not be anything too terrible. Okay, <laughs> woof. I, not on, not at the end of my turn. Okay, thank goodness. That sounds really cool. You can go be terrible on the end of somebody else's <laughs> turn. That sounds cool. That really sounds cool. Well, so my first game uh, is Anachrony. Anachrony is one of my favorite worker placement games. And it was extra special because I finished 
painting all the miniatures for each of the four player factions in the game, and I got to play with my awesome painted minis. <laughs> yeah, those look cool. Like I, I didn't. I think people didn't realize that you actually painted them until I think maybe it got kind of brought up a little bit. They kind of thought that they had yeah. came that way. So yeah, it <laughs> oh, looked thank awesome. Thank you. Yeah, dude. I, I put a lot into them, and I am happy with the way they turned out. But at the same time, I, I learned some lessons painting them. I uh, realized at some point that I had essentially just destroyed the bristles on two or three of my main brushes that I use. And so there's just some real sloppiness on some of them that might not be evident to your quick glance. But to me, I, you know, I know that it, it's not great. And then when I got a new brush uh, to use, they, they started to clean up really nicely. So maybe like the first two or so got, have some really sloppy painting in some areas because I just didn't realize my brushes were destroyed. So, you know, still learning, learning process, the whole painting thing. But it was really fun. I'm, I'm glad I got them painted. And Anachrony is just a really cool game. It's a worker placement game with a time traveling aspect where you get to uh, ask for resources from the future, from your future self. And so you'll, at the start of a turn, you, you kind of pick these tool two tiles to give you some resources at the start of that turn. So it might be just some raw materials you need to build something or um, one of these mech suits that you need to have powered up to take certain actions. So you get those from yourself for the future, but then later in the game, you have to travel back in time and pay those back, like exactly the resources you got on the prior turn. In a future turn, you might be having to pay that back. Yeah, I taught that to three other guys and uh, had a great time playing it. As I recall, I think you might have had a bit of a cool attitude towards anachrony, but I'm going to think I'm going to try to win you over at some point with it. <laughs> it's thematically not a game that I'm super mm. drawn to, but the first time we played it, I was not enamored yeah. with it at all. The second time I got to play it, um, it was much better, and I really enjoyed the play. And I find that a lot of times with, with games that are a little more complex or crunchy, especially if I didn't completely understand the rules mechanics or whatnot during the first play, is that oftentimes the second play I'll find myself enjoying the game a lot more. Yeah. That said, like I said, the theme is just not for me. And so it's it's one of those games that, like, uh, particularly at Cabin Con, there were so many people, and it's such a popular game. I just go let, let the people that really <laughs> want to experience it experience it. Because I know I'm going to have opportunities to play it throughout the rest of the year, you know, especially now that you've got it painted. Whenever you really want to bring it to the oh, yeah. table and and sit sit myself down. Uh, yeah, I, I got to so. bust it out if for no other reason than just to show the minis off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's next? So the next game on our list is a game that both of us played. So there's a little bit of a story that kind of goes into this this one. So probably for the first eight or so years of Cabin Con, Saturday was Battlestar Galactica mm -hmm. Day. And battle that the classic game from Fantasy Flight Games where we all yell at each other and accuse each other of being a toaster the whole game. And... That was a blast. Then last year at Cabin Con, a new game, a new challenger <laughs> for the Saturday game spot came out, and that was Nemesis. 
and Nemesis. Last year we played Nemesis Lockdown. This year we played the original game. We we kind of joked at the beginning of the game that this was going to be the play that was going to be the prequel to our game, our the game that we had played the previous year. So Nemesis from Awakening Realms. If you haven't heard of it, it is effectively the alien or, or aliens themed type movies, uh, but in a board game. And it does it incredibly thematically. Uh, one thing to note is that you do have to put, be a potential glutton for some serious punishment when you play this game. Because it's almost guaranteed that stuff is not going to go well for you and that you are likely going to die and fail. That said, we had a really successful play. Oh man, yeah. I, it went actually, we got lucky so many times with so many different things. Uh we still not everyone not everyone won definitely there were some people that died and when you're fighting aliens that's that's going to happen uh but there were three of us actually that ended up surviving and completing our particular goals um because in the game you uh are given two goal cards at the start and one of them's like a kind of a cooperative goal where you know it'll help out everybody for the most part and then you have uh, a corporate goal which might not help anyone or could even be that one of the other characters has to die for you to win. Um, and at some point in the game, you make a choice between which one of those goals you're actually going for. I kind of, I don't remember. I, I ended up picking my corporate goal because it was just the easiest one for me to accomplish with the way the board was at the time. Uh, and I don't, did you were the one of the ones that won, right? Because you got off the ship. Yep. Did you pick your corporate goal or your like cooperative one? I think I picked my cooperative one. Uh, no. No, I think it was the corporate. God, <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know right now. My goal was to... So I had two... But the goal I selected was to... Um, there's a room where you can... It's like the comms room where you can send a signal to somewhere. <laughs> Um, so I had to send the, the one I selected was to go send the signal and then I had to, um, survive. That was basically send the, oh, send the signal. And we had to discover the, one of the alien, the, a, a specific alien. Oh, yeah. My other card that I had was like, I had to be the only survivor <laughs> and that's hard. Like. Yeah, like with five players, I figured for sure somebody else would survive. If I was going to survive, somebody else would. But it would be too hard to knock off everybody. And so I, I stuck my guns, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the one that was easier, which worked out. It worked out because we did have – we actually had four people that were either on escape pods or in the yeah. hibernation room at the end of the game. And the bet, I think the like everything was so narrative, but uh, with this game, but it was it player player three had to uh, he had just gotten at the t- he had to like go fisticuffs with an alien like right at the tail end of the game and picked up a contamination yeah. card and was like the only one he had and player five's goal was to have player three be dead at the end of the game and (laughs) he survived and so here they both are on escape pods surviving and player three is like 
hey, I survived. I got most of my goal. At least I did that. I feel pretty good about myself. But then player three went ahead and scanned that contamination card. And lo and behold, <laughs> he had a little little present in his belly. And uh, that, that, that belly exploded while he was in the escape pod. And uh, uh, guess what? <laughs> player five won. It was like, especially since your character and you were yeah. player four had what three contamination cards at the end and none of them that's scanned right at the end of the game and i had actually gone through three or four contamination cards prior to this because my gun just ran out at some point and i just kept punching aliens uh so yeah at the, the <laughs> my last three cards in my hand at the at that before i uh went into hypersleep or whatever um were contamination cards and <laughs> i had yeah, I thought I had a pretty good chance of being infected because there's I don't know what the ratio of contaminated to not contaminated is in that deck, but I was sure that I was contaminated. So I was gambling big time by going into hypersleep when I did with those three cards. But yeah, didn't wasn't infected, got my goals done. Uh my my goal was just to reveal two different alien weaknesses. And I think the way the board was laid out, the nest where the alien eggs are, which is one of the things you can scan, was right next to the laboratory that I had to scan them in. So it seemed really easy to just, at some point, get that done. It took a while, but I managed to do that. And I just went to sleep while the rest of you guys were still fighting aliens and uh, figuring your stuff out. But <laughs> uh, one thing you mentioned about about that goal to have all the other players killed, like... It should be like that seems way harder than any other goal because there's no direct way to kill anybody. Not not without certain special items, you know. No, the game is particularly harsh though and generally brutal, and that is the first time that I think I have played the game where there have been multiple sur- survivors. Mm. So there is something to be said. I think we did a pretty good job of not sticking together and somehow overcoming a smorgasbord of aliens on the board, including the queen. I think we did some pretty strategic yeah. airlocks and and triggering fire extinguishers when we needed to and whatnot to kind of maybe push the aliens away and, and be able to free up some movement and whatnot on the board to to be able to go get through it together as a group. But yeah, it was, it was probably the most, or I shouldn't say probably it was the most successful nemesis game I've been a part of yet. Awesome. Yeah. It was, it was just super fun. That is such a good game. If, and if you get into it, into the theme and, you know, people were acting out their characters a little bit and we had all these little jokes going on in the game. Like it, it's perfect for that kind of stuff. It just sort of, table talk and, and player interaction really good oh absolutely it was we were full of some pretty good trash talks <laughs> yep. throughout the game yep. it was great so what else you got what, what else stood out for you uh during this amazing weekend so so i got another game in that i was really excited to play and that was eat pedal to the metal from yeah. days of wonder this game is, I think it's definitely in the like hotness radar right now of game of board games that are out there. But it was, 
you know, it's a, a racing game, but it's not overtly complicated, and it let you it let you feel like you were you know making really good decisions by basically taking a, a hand of cards and making the best decisions you could out of the numbers that you had to be able to go as fast as possible around this track while delaying spending your heat uh, because heat you have so much heat and after that he basically was a mechanic these heat cards are basically a mechanic that allows you to potentially push yourself a little further or to you know like if you're taking a corner you can spend them to be able to go further in a corner uh, that you wouldn't normally be able to go that fast around with a without spinning out so there's a lot of things like it's just a lot of little mechanics like that 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 they're it, it's not overly complicated at all and everybody's playing pretty simultaneous so the game plays pretty quick and feels like yeah it's really focused on you know competitive racing action so i i had an absolute blast did you get a chance uh, to not play that heat? weekend but i did i had played it before then i will echo everything you said it's a super fun game i am keeping my eye out for a copy of it because it's it's really unique i think like it's the now, there's other racing games, but I think this one does it particularly well. And you kind of have, I really like the push your luck kind of mechanics of like, you know, really hitting your speed and then hoping to slow down enough at a corner um, and kind of managing that. Like I, I have played this game and I'm, I'm looking for a copy of it. <laughs> yeah. I, my understanding is that it sounds like the next printing of it probably it'll be available this spring in the u.s but tbd on that one i'm gonna keep my eye out for it when it comes as well because it's it's a i think a great game to add to yeah. the collection yeah heat is hot check it out <laughs> coincidentally yeah. heat is hot <laughs> heat is so hot right now ding 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 <laughs> and also the game heat is in the hotness yeah, right now. I've got a game that is definitely not in the BGG hotness, but is one of my just favorite nostalgic board games that, you know, I've loved since I was a kid, and that is Tales of the Arabian Nights. This game is essentially a big choose-your-own-adventure storytelling game. It's set in the legendary Arabian time where there's jinns and genies and, you know, mermen and all this stuff. Um, and you explore all around Asia and Europe and Africa, and have these encounters with, you know, beautiful princesses and evil viziers and, and afrits and people. The core mechanic of the game is... Uh, that you'll have an encounter and you have this matrix of responses that you can have for the encounter. So let's say you meet an evil vizier. The game book or the game reaction matrix, they call it, will let you choose a bunch of different options of how to react to this evil vizier. You might say you could grovel before him. You could try to hire him. You could converse with him. You could attack him. And when you pick your option, you flip open to a paragraph in this gigantic book of tales and it'll kind of lay out what happens based on your choice. If you didn't have the right skills when you went to attack the evil vizier, it's probably not going to go your way. But if you happen to have picked up some skills in like weapon use or other things, you might have a more positive outcome. 
there is a way to win the game where you collect these different these two different types of points. You get story points and destiny points for basically being successful in these encounters. But really, the game is about just this journey and the storytelling and getting into it as if it were kind of a role-playing game. This is one that my parents had an original copy of this game that was originally published in like the 70s, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and it's just always stuck in my mind as this really awesome gaming experience. It's 100% thematic. There's, <laughs> there's no strategy to this game besides like trying to pick a reaction you think might make sense in certain encounters. Uh, but really, it's about getting into the craziness that, that goes on in the game. In in the in the game we played, on my first turn at the game, I did something that got me imprisoned. And when you're imprisoned, you can't do anything. You get to have one encounter with a jailer of a certain kind every round until you somehow figure a way to get out of prison. So for maybe half the game, <laughs> I was in prison, while other people uh, had having these wondrous encounters and gathering treasure and uh, encountering these amazing places of wonder like the undersea kingdom of the Mer people or the land of the Afrits. So while one player is having all these wonderful things happen to him and they're getting married and finding the love of their life, me, I'm in prison, rotten away. And then the turn after that, another one of the uh, players got put in prison. So we're just stuck in prison for like a quarter to half of the game. <laughs> and other people are having these wondrous adventures, you know. So that's just sort of part of the game, though. It's a little bit, I mean, as much as it's not like Nemesis, it is in that bad stuff's going to happen to you. And that's part of the game. But it makes it very fun to just sort of go through those adventures and get really into it. Uh, one of the guys got real into it and started getting really animated and in depth when he was reading these encounters, treating it kind of like you're the, the dungeon master for a turn, right? Where you try to heighten the experience for everybody. It is a completely unique kind of a board game. While it's not for everybody, I think it might be worth a try for everyone just to see, to have that chance to get this, uh, get this unique board game experience yeah i agree it's it's definitely a game that i think everyone it's one of those games that everyone should try at some point but it is also a game that i don't think is for everyone (laughs) i remember playing this game once and this again i think there's a the combination of theme and and just mechanically, it just didn't jive for me. So it's not a game that that I care for much. But I was very glad that I can say, hey, I checked that box. I've played this game. Now, if there was a, a fantasy dungeoneering mm. version of it out there, I'd probably be <laughs> all over it. I probably think that would be the greatest thing since sliced bread. But just it, you know, sometimes it's kind of amazing how a, a theme to a game can really particularly why well, you know, I should say it's not even a surprise this game is all about its theme and all about the story that you're telling and if you're not into that piece of it it can be a real hard game to to fully appreciate and enjoy yep. and enjoy. agreed yeah but again you know if you get the chance try it out absolutely definitely yeah. give it a try I mean I think nowadays the the version that we have of it is like Gloomhaven maybe which is a little more mechanical and and less storytelling but you know, there's definitely a story and adventure and, and going to all these places. Um, it's not competitive, but I think that might be the closest thing. 
I need a little voice. I need a bunch of voice acting and whatever to go with it. And then I could just have like an app that would just <laughs> select these things and then it would play. Like it'd be like kind of like that. Maybe some game components, board or whatever you could have yeah. to go with it. In the day and age of app based games, this game I think would be ripe for for an app to really kick it up in a, you know, for a version 2.0. Yeah, that's a good point. One of the other things that we have that's a, a tradition with Cabin Con, which is everybody chipping in on food. So we have some amazing food uh, that we get to eat, and sometimes some not-so-amazing food, depending on how motivated <laughs> we all are. Justin, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. What was your favorite favorite food that you got to eat this, this uh, past weekend? My, Let's see. Okay, I've got two. I mean, it was a smorgasbord oh, of yeah, junk food. There's just chips and candy, you know, all over the place. But I definitely appreciate everyone putting effort into cooking these meals. But for me, there's two. I very much enjoyed your smoked spicy sausage. That was delicious. And then, honestly, just the tacos. Because I think I get kind of uh, vegetable starved during this weekend. Vegetables are not exactly a popular thing for people to bring on this particular this particular event the tacos we had there was guac there was cheese there's our cream there's tomatoes and lettuce and it just tasted amazing after mostly protein oriented meals <laughs> oh yeah we kicked it we kick it off wednesday night with cone's yeah. barbecue meat acular so there was you know i had pulled pork the spicy sausages you mentioned what they called shotgun shells, basically sausage stuffed manicotti mm-hmm. shells wrapped in bacon and smoked and chicken wings. Like, here's a bunch of meat, and oh yeah, I'm gonna top it off with some carbs and just for good measure, here's some beans. <laughs> so I imagine that, that kicks up that kicked off everybody's digestive system real well <laughs> for the weekend. Followed up by I think there was like more meat served yeah. the next day, like another crock pot yeah. of pulled pork, and then yeah, just beat, 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 beat with chips and candy and junk food. And, they're, you know, the Twizzlers, you got to have the required Cabin Con <laughs> Twizzlers and the peanut butter yeah. M&Ms, which I, I know that they, I, I'm not sure if they fully survived through Saturday, but there was at least two big bags of them this year, so <laughs> that was good. And most importantly, a bag of Funyuns showed up because no gamer function in my mind is complete without Funyuns. <laughs> But no, as far as food, man, the I really enjoyed the Italian oh, pasta yeah. on uh, that Don put together. That that night was really good. Nothing was bad, honestly. I mean, uh, we had we had chili, we had vegetarian chili, we had uh, curry. I mean, everything was great, and the people who were cooking the stuff are super generous for you know putting their time in and yeah. and getting all the ingredients and everything, but. I so appreciate that there was not the spicy curry available this year. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I I had a big plate of curry last year, and I was all excited about it. And I took like a couple of bites, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't think I can eat this, man. And I I don't want Dan to think I don't like <laughs> his food because it's really good. But holy cow! But I managed to I managed to eat the whole thing and not throw it out. But holy fire in mouth it was, and I I. I'm not the, I, I don't have a, a big tolerance for heat, but yeah. So no, it's the, all of these things. It really is. It really is a group effort to put on for the, the food and then the, 
uh, and then the cat, you know, renting out the facilities. So whether it's just a, a group of five or 10 of you, or if it's a, a group of 20 plus, like we are, although sleeping arrangements and finding a place that can sleep 20, yeah. uh, with Good actual beds luck. is a bit of a challenge, but you know, whatever the size is, if you're going to put this on, you know, you know, get everybody together, coordinate it. Like the, the best part of it is like, I can't think of another event I go to or another convention I go to that I can do so, so affordably the whole event, the whole weekend was probably by the time I was done with, you know, taking up any beverages or whatnot that I had to pay, you know, that I, that I paid for was probably 300 bucks. And that, that includes all of your meals, all of your food, all your beverages. When you all chip in and rent out one of these things on an Airbnb and then uh, have a little kitty of cash, uh, extra cash that everybody's paying in to pay for general food and other supplies, like it really becomes super affordable. We talked about Gen Con and, and Adepticon earlier on the show, and uh, Gen Con, I easily will drop two, three, four thousand dollars at the show between food and hotel. I mean, hotel for Suzanne and I are that's like twelve hundred bucks right there, and then for the week for yeah. Gen Con, and you need know, to throw in the carload of games we'll end up hauling home there's another grand. <laughs> well i mean yeah gen con's got the <laughs> shopping aspect but this is just straight up playing games i mean that's that's the, the the glory that is cabin con is just it's non-stop board games for three full days yeah just just yeah. play games just play games have fun obey <laughs> the rules there's only two <laughs> I think that wraps it up for an episode. So we talked about cabin con a lot. Like that was, it is the weekend. And we write, like I said, we recommend anybody that is inspired by this to go run your own in your own neck of the woods. And well, don't forget us, send us an invite. Maybe we'll show up. And then there is, uh, we, we touched back on the news and, and that included some cool crowdfunding projects, uh, Stratera and stone saga. And of course we, uh, also talked about the games we were playing great games like Azul and Ultimate Railroads. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, you know, you can do all of, leave a comment on all those places, but most importantly, hop on over to our YouTube channel. It's available now. We have some great content up there and we're going, our new content is posted weekly. So if you're not getting enough audio from us, you can check us out over there as well. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you leave a review of this show wherever your favorite place is to find podcasts. Oh, and by the way, give us a like on our Facebook page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest while you're at it. If you haven't looked recently, make sure you catch up on the blog at wiscodice.com. Hey, Brian, what's that site? Oh, darn. I forget. Uh, Justin, what's our website again? Wiscodice.com. That's right. It's wiscodice.com. And until next time, everyone, peace out.